Good morning, everyone. Today is the 11th day of the Omer. <laughs> and we are... Yeah, I'm pretty sure. 11th day of the Omer. Miss it again? Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad I reminded you. <laughs> no, you don't say bracha today. You can't say bracha now. So you just say that. Don't say it now. You don't want to say it now. Easier for the dark match. Perfect. Okay. The dark match. It's off by a few pages. It's pretty close. All right. Just subtract. I think uh, today's daf. Uh, just so you should know. It seems very confused, so I couldn't. Right, today's daf is daf uh, is daf Yudalit, so it's uh, right. Subtract three will bring us to the daf, uh, to the day of the Omer, or take the day of the Omer, add three, and that's the day of the daf. So um, we we'll, we are learning Lili Nishmas from and Bashmo Simen. Right, <laughs> and uh, and Daniel Bernet Baruch Ben Yudalei Beveimi, and we'll have in mind also Yoel Ben Yaakov Zelik Hakohen. May is Neshama Aliyah. And with that, let's get started on our review of yesterday's daf. Like I said, the good news is, very short review, hopefully, <laughs> because we didn't quite get through it. All right. <clears throat> so what did we learn yesterday? We started off at the bottom of the page on daf Yud Beis and Beis, and we were discussing how um, that uh, the, the, the question of Pidyon Petr Hamor uh, when uh, need, does it need to be done? On the one hand, it seemed that uh, we brought a source that's talking about a bunch of things, Erechin, Pidjan Aben, Pidjan Petachamor, and it contrasts the two. It says Pidjan Aben is supposed to be after 30 days, and Pidjan Petachamor is immediate. Okay, you redeem the firstborn donkey the moment it's born. Um, the problem with that is we have a contradiction. It sounds like that Pidjan uh, Aben as well as Nazir's and Petachamara, it's never less than 30 days. Sounds like you're supposed to, you're obligated to wait till 30 days. Um, so we got ourselves into a contradiction. So the first answer that we saw was Rav Nachman, and he said that, the, that the, what's going on is, is that uh, there's the ideal is to wait after 30 days, but if you do redeem it early, then it does work for Pijon Petachamara, not for Pijon Aben. The problem with that is, is that if it does not work for Bijan Ben, so what is the shot? We quoted a Rav who says that Bino Padoi, that the son is redeemed if you did it early. So the answer is, is that it depends on how you do it. When you do it early, what are you saying? Do you say that I want it to be effective immediately? Then it does not work. If you say, I'm giving the money now because I'm prepaying for my obligation, then it does work. Two different ways that it works. Okay. Be that as it may, that's one answer. We saw Rava's answer. That was Rav Nachman. Rava gave a different answer. He said that <clears throat> if you say now, it's not going to work. And um, um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I mean, Rav Shesh is the next answer. That was Rav Nachman. Now Rav Shesh says, Rav Shesh says that it, it, the, what it means is, is that you do not transgress. You're supposed to redeem Peter Hamor immediately. But up to 30 days, you have a, a, a stay of time that you're not going to be transgressing um, the prohibition of not redeeming your firstborn donkey up to 30 days. Okay? Now, Rami Barham, what? They could never, I mean, if you want to play games, <coughs> you really don't have to redeem the, 
Okay. If, if you go by the opinion that you can use the donkey without redeeming him, yeah, but at what point then, did you transgress? Then you don't, you, don't, you don't transgress at all. No, no, no. Because that doesn't that mean I, that you don't transgress. It just means that you can benefit from the donkey in the interim. That's all. But all the way to... There's still an to, obligation. To the donkey dies, eventually but natural death, too. Yeah, but, well, no, but it's, it, there's an obligation. It's like any it's obligation. Yeah, the obligation is there. Look, you know, I, person... I don't, I don't dismiss that part. That's all, But right. if you want to play games... You could get away with it. It's like anything, you know. There's okay. a lot of things you could get away with if you choose to, Okay. There, uh, <coughs> yeah, what? Is there relationship when Abraham right. Does it tie into uh, this? The donkey is representing Yeah, well, the Gentiles. Yeah, right. There is an idea. There is an association like that. But uh, as far as I know, there's no. Uh, connection here, not not not, not certainly okay. not in the simple simple understanding. Okay. All right. Anyway, so the so the Gemara is saying. Uh, then we saw um, uh, if that's true. So Rami Barham is saying. Then why does it say that the mitzvah is for all thirty days? From then on, you have a, uh, a an ultimatum. Either you redeem it, or we lop off its head. So um, if it's. Uh, uh, the, the simple reading is that you should wait for 30 days. So Gemar says, no, no, no. You need to redeem it any time within the 30 days. After that, you are transgressing the redemption, is what it should have said. Right. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, Rubba says that, uh, it, that, that the simplest answer to the question of whether you redeem it within 30, right away, or you wait 30 days, is going to depend on whether you accept Rebliezer's comparison or connection in the text between uh, of your son and if you make the connection then you need to wait the 30 days if you do not make the connection um, um, then then you should do it right away and that's the that's the bottom line answer now we ended off the first parak with a Mishnah that uh, there's two choices either you redeem your firstborn donkey or you don't, and if you don't, then you have to do the other option, which is to to lop off its head from the back of the neck. That's uh, and there is a priority. The priority is to redeem, obviously, before Arifa, and that's based on the text. Similarly, we have the same principles with other mitzvahs. So, uh, for example, uh, there's a mitzvah for Yehud, which is that when a person buys a Jewish slave woman, it's a girl really, it's under bas mitzvah so the halacha is is that he should, there's a a mitzvah on him to do what's called yi'ud, where he is marrying her, either him, either to him, the the owner or to his son Um, if he doesn't do so, then she should be redeemed, but the priority is to do the yi'ud, and then the redemption is secondary and third example of this idea is there's yibum or chalitza. You can either do, consummate the leverite marriage or you can perform the chalitza ceremony to free her to marry whoever she wants. But um, be that as, either way, the priority is to yibum before chalitza. Now that was originally when people had intent for the mitzvah, but nowadays that we, uh, we assume people do not have proper intent, so therefore we do not allow for that to do we don't choose yibum as the primary option option rather the primary option is chalitza and that is 
Uh, that's the that's the option, right? That becomes the option. Now we did see also that um, the, the 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 another the last example of the Mishnah is uh, when redeeming uh, property that was donated to Hagdish, um, portable stuff. So you should the person who donated it has the priority in the redemption before anybody else. He's given first dibs, basically first rights, first right of refusal to redeem. And uh, if he doesn't, then it's available for all others to redeem. And that is the end of... Somebody asked first you what the word you comes with, what it means. If you perform an L, You looked it up? Yeah. If you perform an L, the destination is Yad. 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 Yad is destination. Yad. Yad. Is a destination. Interesting. Yad Ashalom. Yad with a D. Yad. 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 We're explaining where the word Yad comes from. Okay, brings us to the new parak, which is moving on to the uh, laws of Pidyon, of, of I'm sorry, of a Bechor, of a Behema Tahora, of kosher species of animal. So we mentioned the Mishnah, basically a principle that if the uh, purchaser is a Jew who purchased the fetus from a Gentile, or the other way around, the Jew sold to a Gentile the fetus, which is anyway prohibited, but either way, it's uh, in any of those cases, or, or if there's a partnership with the Gentile in the animal, or if there is a relationship where the, one of them is, was, is raising the animal with his sweat equity, he's entitled to a share of the offspring, and, um, or the other way around, the Jew is the one, the, 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 either the uh, primary owner is the Gentile, and the Jew is providing the sweat equity of raising and taking care of the animal, or vice versa. In all those cases, it's potter from firstborn. There is no Kedushas Bechor in that case, and that's based on the Pasuk that says Yisrael below Bacherim, not, not non-Jews, and even if a non-Jew has a hand in any way in, this first, in the firstborn, in the mother of the firstborn or the firstborn, it frees it from any obligation of firstborn obligations. Now, Kohanim and Leviim um, are chayif on their firstborn kosher animals to bring them as an offering. There is no free pass. The only time there is a free pass is with Pidyon Aben. They don't have to redeem their firstborn um, son. And um, as well as Petr Hamor, as we've seen earlier, that if they have donkeys in there, they do not have to redeem those donkeys. So the question is, so uh, they don't yes. come on like a Jew, like Israel that has to put one aside. And they you... don't have to do that process. But if, if I, but when I take my firstborn donkey and give it to the Kohen, then he must transfer That's it right. on. Right. In front of you. In front of us. That's what we saw in the end of the year. <coughs> right. That's what we saw previously. The question that the Gemara wanted to know first is, why is the donkey case pr- uh, all discussed first in the first chapter? And then moving on to the behemotora, to the kosher species of animal firstborns, don't you think it should have been the other way around? After all, the animal that's kosher has what we call kedushas aguf. Its body becomes sanctified. It need, it's fit to be brought as an offering, as opposed to the uh, the the donkey. Uh, um, it's not even its body's not sanctified. It only has what we call kedushas damim. Its value is what's sanctified, and that's why we're able to transfer it off of its body. So. It should have come second. That's the Gemara's question, and we saw two answers. The first answer we saw is that, uh, like we saw the idea earlier on from Reb Chanina, that, uh, there's a, that there's a reason why donkeys are elevated to the status, and that is 
because they helped the Jews carry their 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 wealth out of Egypt, and in appreciation, they have their sanctity. So that reminder of that is why it's especially a precious mitzvah. That's reason number one. Reason number two is being that it's a short topic. We'd rather just finish with it and set it aside, and then get to the primary, to the major topic. So that that's the next thing. Okay, brings us to the um, to the next Gemara. So we saw Rav Yitzchak Bar Nachmani said in the name of Rish Lakish, in the name of Rav Oshia, when a Jew gives money to a Gentile for his animal, in their laws, we said it's even though he didn't actually take possession of the animal, the Kenyan is effective, and therefore, if uh, basically that animal that I is already mine as a as a, as a Jew, and therefore, if there's a firstborn born from that animal that I just purchased at this juncture, so then I'll be chayv bebchora. Okay, it'll be chayv uh, to uh, as a firstborn. Similar uh, in reverse, the other way around. If the Gentile gave money to purchase my animal, so uh, in their laws, money is what affects the Kenyan. So, therefore, even if he didn't take possession of the animal, the Kenyan is already effective. And therefore, if a firstborn is, is born out of that animal, he already owns it, and therefore it's not chayev in the firstborn. Now, the question that Gemara wanted to know, to clarify, is what does it mean in their laws, in our laws? That's the question. What does it mean in their laws? And that's the question. So, we first thought, the simple read we, we thought that it meant is that when the uh, Jew is... Uh, is the first case was the Jew is paying to buy the animal that belongs to the Gentile. And we said in their laws. What do you mean in their laws? So we thought that it means that when buying a Gentile slave, the way to buy it is with money. So that's why the way to buy his things that belong to him is called or is all the more so with money. Makes sense. Okay? And that's what's being stated here. The problem is, is that that reason doesn't work out. Because if that would be the case, then it wouldn't necessarily be with money. It would be with all, uh, with all ways that you can buy a, a Gentile slave. And the, and the ways are that is with money, as well as with shtar, with the document, or chazaka. All three of those ways op- operate. Mm-hmm. So, um, if that would be the case, then it shouldn't be, uh, then, then his things should be able to be acquired with also kesef shtar chazaka. Second problem with that is is that when we see that that system doesn't really follow because that kalvachomer the logical inference because when we um, bring a uh, when we separate a uh, when we want to buy from Jew to Jew if I'm buying a Jewish slave then I buy him with money but I'm buying his things after after I don't the money does not create a transfer I have to actually take it into my possession in order to be acquired so. Therefore, what the dinim means, Abai explains what dinim means in this case, is the din that the Torah provides for the Gentile. Because the Torah actually describes what, when, transa- when performing a transaction of purchase from a Gentile, there's a way to do it. Okay? And there's things that will, according to the Torah, affect that transfer. And that is money. How do I know? Because only the Torah says, Kano mi'adam isecha, which means when purchasing from a Jew, then it's miyad, then it becomes yours by transfer from hand to hand. It sounds like that when it's not amisecha, meaning it's a Gentile, 
So then it's different, okay? So for a Jew, it's with Mashiach. For a Gentile, what else is it? Probably money. That's what, we, that's what the Gemara's drush is. The problem is, is that since it's uh, not directly saying money, so the Gemara says maybe um, for a Gentile, you cannot purchase from a Gentile. Could be. So the Gemara says that can't be. Why not? Because you are allowed to buy a Gentile slave. Clearly, you should be allowed to buy his things. Okay. Uh, how do you know which way it, to acquire it uh, when you're acquiring his things? Um, uh, maybe there's two kinyanim that are required to buy his things. When I'm buying off of the Gentile, I need to both give the money and take it into my possession. So the Gemara says, if I buy his body with only one kinyan, clearly I don't need two kinyanim for his things. Okay. Well, maybe when it's his things, I can do either or. Either his, either one will work. Either with money, can create the transfer, or with, uh, or with taking into my possession, will create the transfer. Options. So the Gemara says that also doesn't read very well, because then it's not similar to when doing a transaction with a Jew. It should be compared to each other. When doing a transaction with a Jew, the purchase is with only one means of making that Kenyan. So that is the same situation, that it should be only one for the Gentile, and therefore it's money, and that's how we got to the basis. Same Gemara was in reverse. When a Gentile is purchasing from a Jew, what is the way? It says, Bidinehem, it's done with Money. What does that mean? Bidi name is done with money. Does that mean when a Gentile buys a Jewish slave, he buys the Jewish slave with money, and therefore that's the same way that he buys the, the Jews' things? And that's a, like a logical inference. <coughs> the problem is, like we saw before, when a Jew buys from a Jew, even though you buy his, his slave, when you buy a Jewish slave, when a Jew buys a Jewish slave, he's paying with money to make them his slave. But when he buys his things, it has to be with Mashiach, so they don't know, automatically equate. So the Gemara says, you're right. What it means is the din that the Torah provides for a Gentile who purchases from a Jew is also with money. Now, where do we see that from? Because it says, when you sell to a Gentile, it says, when you sell to a Jew, so the fellow Jew is buying, then it's done this way. Sounds like when you're selling to a Gentile, it's done differently. Okay, and what is that other way? It's not Mashiach, it's money. So the Gemara says maybe it's maybe you're not allowed to sell to a Gentile. We already said if a Gentile is allowed to buy a slave, then surely a, a, a Jewish slave surely is allowed to buy a Jew's pro, uh, items that he owns. So what is it that uh, that? So maybe it's both ways. We said that then it would uh, if you can buy a Jew with only one kinyan, you certainly don't need two kinyanim to buy its things. So um, and then we said maybe. Um, maybe it's either or. Maybe you could do either Kenyan, either money or product. So the Gemara says, no, it's similar, it has to be similar to an Amisecha, to a Jew, Jew to Jew. When a Jew to Jew transfer is with only one Kenyan, so too for a Gentile there's only one Kenyan. And that is as far as we got to yesterday. So this is the, the idea of 